Hey, City Church family, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to thank you for listening to City Church Together, and if you have been encouraged by the podcast in any way, would you let us know? Send us a text at 615-809-1210. Tell us your name, where you're listening from, and a story or just a little bit about how the podcast has encouraged you. Again, that number is 615-809-1210. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, City Church. This is City Church Together for January 4th. Welcome to 2022. I hope you had a great holiday, a great new year, um, and you're ready for something new. Um, Today, I want to give you a vision for um, our church for 2022, for City Church, uh, maybe for your life. You're not a part of our church. Um, But also want to remind you before we get to that, um, like Jacob said in the intro, like we've been saying the past um, few podcast episodes, we would love, uh, excuse me, not love, we would actually, we're asking you a favor. We are trying to do just a little bit of podcast research on who's listening. Um, And so uh, we've done this on the last couple of podcasts, so maybe maybe we could catch you in case you missed an episode. Um, Would you mind doing three things for us? Um, Actually, it's one thing with three parts. All right. The first or the thing that you're going to do is send us a text. Um, so Jacob gave you the number at the top of the podcast uh, for that. If you missed that, you can rewind and, and get that. But would you text to that number? Um, just like he said, number one, we want to know who you are. You can give us your name. If you want to give us your age, that's great, too. Uh, uh, age and you, whether you're male or female or um, or. Uh, any other gender that happened to you happen to identify with it? How, how far have I stepped in it right now, Jacob? I don't know. <laughs> um, but we would love to hear from you. Um, just give us a quick snapshot with your name, maybe age. And, uh, and then we would love to hear from you on um, anything, that, um, uh, anything that we have done that you have appreciated, uh, that you'd like more of. Like, we like more celebration stories or... Or and keep doing the hear journal thing, um, uh, or tell us you know funny stories from your third grade year, I, I, anything like that that we've done that you've loved, or um, something we haven't done in the future. Like if you have an idea for the way that you would um, some things you'd like us to do, just put that in there. Seems like I might be missing something that we asked them to do, but uh, Jacob told you up front. So um, just give us your name and. Um, Oh, where you've been listening from? Uh, tell us where you're from. We'd love to hear that too. Uh, we yes, we do get some stats on this from the podcast thing we use, but you know you can't always tell everything through downloads, and you know sometimes you get rerouted and stuff. And so telling where people are from and where people are listening can be tricky. So we would just love if you listen to this podcast, we would love to hear from you. Just gives us a picture of who we're talking to. So thank you so much. All right, vision for 2022. For City Church, here it comes. Um, we're going to be in Second Chronicles 26 and in Isaiah 6. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we've done this on the podcast before, um, but we're going to do it again. So here we go, Second Chronicles 26. Um, we'll start. Uh, we'll start in verse 11. Uzziah had an army equipped for combat that went out to war by division, according to their assignments, as recorded by Jael, the court secretary. And Messiah, the uh, officer under the authority of Hananiah, one of the king's commanders. The total number of family heads was 
2,600 valiant warriors. Under their authority was an army of 307,500 equipped for combat, a powerful force to help the king against the enemy. Uzziah provided the entire army with shields, spears, helmets, armor, bows, and sling stones. He made skillfully designed devices in Jerusalem to shoot arrows and catapult large stones for use on the towers and on the corners. So his fame spread even to distant places, for he was wondrously helped until he became strong. But when he became strong, he grew arrogant, and it led to his own destruction. He acted unfaithfully against the Lord as God by going into the Lord's sanctuary to burn incense on the incense altar. The priest Azariah, along with 80 brave priests of the Lord, went in after him. They took their stand against King Uzziah and said, Uzziah, you have no right to offer incense to the Lord. Only the consecrated priest, uh, uh, priest and the descendants of Aaron have the right to offer incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have acted unfaithfully. You will not receive honor from the Lord God. Uzziah, with the firepan in his hand to offer incense, was enraged. But when he became enraged with the priest, in the presence of the priest in the Lord's temple besides the altar's incense, a skin disease broke out on his forehead. And then down there in verse 22. Now the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, wrote about the rest of the events of Uzziah's reign from beginning to end. Uzziah rested with his fathers and he was buried with his fathers in the burial ground of the king's cemetery for they said he has a skin disease. And his son Jotham became king in his place. And now flip over um, or just listen as I flip over to Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And one called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now that that has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, Who should I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here am I. Send me. And he replied, Go. Say to these people, Keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Make the minds of these people dull. Deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their minds. Turn back and be healed. Then I said, Until when, Lord? And he replied, Until cities lie in ruins without inhabitants. Houses are without people. The land is ruined and desolate, and the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. Though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again, like the terebinth or the oak that leaves a stump when felled. The holy seed is the stump. And that is the word of the Lord from Second Chronicles 26 and Isaiah 6. Now, I did not read Isaiah 7. Um, I'm gonna, I just preached on that a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm sorry, uh, in our Christmas series was the first um, sermon in our Advent series. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. Uh, I will reference it today. Um, here's what we're looking at in these three passages and why um, I'm giving them to you as I gave to um, our staff team um, in the middle of December as we were preparing for 2022. Um, let me start it out like this. Um, this year for City Church in 2022, um, the theme, our theme is risk. Um, what we mean by risk is um, do hard things that God has called you to do 
and leave the results up to him. Make a mistake, learn from it, grow. The only failure there is, is failure to obey God. Any obedience to our God is not failure, even if it seems like failure. Okay, so those, that's the overarching theme to um, what I've called our staff to. And let me try to show you sort of my inspiration in this from these texts. First, we read about the story of King Uzziah from Second Chronicles 26. And what you'll read about, I think King Uzziah came to reign over Judah when he was uh, 16 years old. Um, so you get a key. You might get the keys to the family car when you're 16. Uzziah got the keys to the kingdom. He became king, and actually, because of his young age, maybe um, he was very dependent on God. You know, what 16 year old knows how to run a kingdom? And so he felt very weak and needed God. And God actually accomplished a ton through him. Not only did God accomplish a ton through him, but um, Uzziah actually rose to fame. His name was well known for a lot of the sort of the um, the armies that he rose up. And then, you know, we read it. it, it we read in the middle of Second Chronicles 26, this catapult machine that had both arrows and could catapult stones sort of became the it military device of the season. Everybody's wearing Uzziah's catapult, right? So he became famous for that. But Fame was not Uzziah's problem. Notoriety was not Uzziah's problem. Right there in the text, it tells us what Uzziah's problem was. In fact, it was God who spread Uzziah's fame. No, no, no. It says he was wondrously helped until he became strong. And it is at that point that that Uzziah began to believe the press about him that he became strong by his own merit is what he thought. And that's when he said, I don't need priests to perform religious duties for me. I can do that myself. If I'm powerful in one realm, I'm powerful in all realms, and I should have no limitations. And this is when he grabs the fire pan and he does the job that only priests are supposed to do. The Lord strikes him with a skin disease and he dies. And there on his tombstone it said, this guy had a skin disease, which is always really funny to me. All right, so that's Uzziah. God helped him, used all of these wonderful gifts that he'd given him to equip his kingdom, and yet he believed the press when he got fame, and that was his downfall. He jettisoned God from the program. He was not dependent on God. In the year King Uzziah died, we read in Isaiah 6, so when this is fresh on everyone's mind, Isaiah gets this vision of a king in a temple. Now, that is triggering in the year King Uzziah died because everybody knows what happens when a king goes in a temple now. He dies. There is no king who can set up his throne in the temple. There is no king who can exercise his authority in the temple unless it is the king of all creation, God himself. And that is exactly who Isaiah sees in this vision. The throne is in a temple. That's not where a throne typically is. A throne is usually in a palace. It's in a castle. It's not in a temple. But here in Isaiah's vision, there is the throne of God, and God's seated on the throne, and we see the true holy one. We see the true one who has no limitations, God himself. And this God, this very God, calls Isaiah into something. But only after Isaiah repents and receives cleansing for his sin. And then he is given a job 
The job is go out and tell people about me. But the Lord is very explicit. In your eyes, Isaiah, this will be an absolute failure. You will get weaker because people will not listen to you. Cities will burn and Israel will go into captivity and yet preach on anyway. That's a task. And then Isaiah chapter 7, directly following that, we have the character of Ahaz. To be real brief about Ahaz, Ahaz gets nervous and instead of trusting God to fight for him, hires the Assyrian army because he figures the Assyrian army is a sure thing protection and God is too big of a risk. And then he tries to cover all of his risk avoidance with God language where you might remember if you listen to the sermon, no, 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 no. I don't want to test God. I'm not going to ask God for a sign. I shouldn't test God. I'll just trust him. But he's not trusting God. He is trusting in his own horses and chariots and those of the pagan Assyrians. All right. When we think about risk, there are a couple of things that we do. One, for me, I'm just, I'm going to confess my own. One is I can talk myself out of risk. In other words, by risk, I mean identifying what God has called me to do. And even if it scares me some, or even if I'm unsure, giving the gifts that God has given to me to the church. It's one of the activities we had our staff do at our staff retreat together. Said, where was your staff retreat? Well, it was in the big room in the kids area. Okay. Um, One of the things we had our staff do was write down three things, three gifts that God has given you to give to the church. Because God doesn't spiritually gift us for our own edification. He gives us gifts to give away to the church. So we all did that together. And a lot of us, and then we did this exercise where we wrote down three things that are hindering us from giving that gift. And you know what was common to almost every single one of us? F-E-A-R, fear. Fear. Afraid of looking stupid. Afraid of it not working. Afraid of failure, you know, that's what keeps us, I think all of us, from giving gifts away. And for me, I I've, I have some fear, you know, of Uzziah, like of sort of getting caught up in my own press. But I recognize in reading Second Chronicles 26, that it was actually God who led Isaiah, I'm sorry, it was God who led Uzziah um, to do all of these things that he got fame for. So it wasn't necessarily the fame that was bad. It wasn't that people recognized Uzziah. The problem was Uzziah believed his own press and he, it, he used to be weak and depend on the Lord. And he decided, no, I am the bee's knees. And he, he jettisoned the Lord from the program. Isaiah, we get a very different picture. Ahaz does not want to risk at all because faith is too much that it's too much to step out on faith. And so he thinks the Assyrians are a sure thing. He learns a different lesson. And then you have Isaiah right in the middle, who is in this case represented to us the exact right kind of way to risk. First, there is humility in seeing God. And there is an attachment and connection to a vision of God that Isaiah cannot get out of his head. High and lifted up seraphim singing, holy, holy, holy. And then he's given a mission and that mission, interesting, is like, Isaiah, you don't need to worry about whether or not you succeed. By the world standards, you are going to fail. No one is going to join your multi-level marketing scheme. No one will be sandaling your handbags or your oils. Like, you are going to preach the pyramid scheme, and no one is going to bite. It will just be cities of destruction and mourning. That is what is guaranteed to Isaiah. See, for Isaiah, because he had seen God, 
he was willing to take the risk and not measure what he did based on how many people show up or how effective it was. He was basing his success on did I obey this God of holiness and beauty and wonder who calls me into doing something for him as if I could do anything for him. Gives me a task, a mission, a purpose that is connected to my vision of him. In other words, Isaiah knows he wins. He wins if he stays attached to that God and that mission and simply in faith takes the risk and obeys. Whatever the results are, fine. Whatever God needs to do, that's his business. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as Joshua puts it. And so for our vision for 2022, City Church, the one word is risk. Take a chance. Maybe you need to identify the gifts that God has given you to give to the church. Maybe there's a reason you've held them back that might sort of make sense, but they, it's just you protecting yourself. It's just you trying to stay safe. How has God called you to serve in this community? How has God called you to serve the church? What has he called you to do? Don't be afraid of that, even if it means your version of failure. Because if you are obeying God, you are not failing. And we learn and grow from our mistakes. Are you living a life that's trying to keep your, you know, just, just trying to keep you from mistakes? You are not going to learn and grow. We need that. Our church staff needs that. Our leadership needs that. Our whole church needs that. So let's be Isaiah, not Uzziah or Ahaz. Let's be Isaiah. A very vivid, beautiful, but scary vision of the Lord. A realization of our calling that starts and finishes with humility and repentance. And a willingness to obey God simply for God's sake, because he's worth it. He is that beautiful. He is that true. And we will not decide what we do based on the results that we get. We will decide what we do based on what God calls us to. City Church, let me pray for you in that in this new year of 2022, I call you to risk and obedience to God's commands. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this new year, we need your spirit to enlighten to us how you're gifting us and calling us and help us by faith to step into that risk and then learn from our mistakes, not be afraid of failures because we know the identity we have in Christ. Your children bought for, cared for, and inherit an imperishable inheritance laid up for us. Now let us pursue that as we throw off every sin and weight that would hinder us. And we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith in 2022. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, for this church, amen. City Church, let's go and multiply the gospel in 2022. Happy New Year!